Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both SnoozeFest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting. You'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. Hello, hello. I am so excited about this interview. I am here today with Shannon Buhera. She's an elementary school teacher turned entrepreneur after having her daughter in 2019. She launched Nights and Naps in June 2020 after graduating from Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. She quit her teaching job one year later and now has replaced her teaching income while only working 25 to 30 hours a week. Shannon, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited too. Yeah. So before, before we get started, um, would you be able to share your story? Tell us all. It's such a good one. I want everyone to know sort of where you started and, and where you yeah. are today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you did a pretty good recap at the beginning, but um, my background is in elementary education. So I was a teacher for DC public schools for eight years. And even before that, in high school, college, I always was like doing my own little small side businesses though. Like I've always kind of wanted to be an entrepreneur. I sold my own jewelry and gift baskets and chocolate covered pretzels as a kid and like all these things. So I've always kind of had that within me, but I really did enjoy teaching for many years. Um, and it really wasn't until I had my daughter, like you said, in, in 2019, where I felt like I wasn't ready to go back to the stress of teaching life. Um, and I wasn't ready to be away from my daughter. And I just thought, this is the perfect time for me to try to come up with something else that I can do. And so then she hit the four month sleep regression around that time. And my husband and I were just completely sleep deprived. I was nursing her to sleep and nursing her back to sleep four or five times a night. And that is what motivated me to start researching sleep training and sleep science and starting to dive deep into that. I actually got a book, read it, tried that method. It didn't work. Um, it's not a book that you have in your course that you, okay. you recommend. <laughs> um, and so I was like, oh, I think I'm going to need to do like more than just like read a book if I want to become an expert or I'm going to have to hire someone to help me. And I somehow connected with you and learned about your program. And I remember talking to my husband and saying, like at the very least, uh, I'll be an expert in sleep for our children. And like, we'll have really good sleepers, right? Um, and ideally, this could be a side hustle where I think I could like make the money back that I invested in the program. Like that was what my first goals were like. Just to make the to money sleep. back from the from the cost yeah. of the sleep consultant certification course. Yeah, number one, learn how to get my own daughter to sleep better, right? <laughs> yep. And, and I, I didn't want to do the cried out method. That was also something that was, like I understood how to do that method and I didn't want to. So I was looking for like other options to choose from, right? So that was my first priority. And then second priority was like make the money back because I'd actually borrowed the money from our family travel fund to pay for our next year's vacation. And so my husband was like, you need to try to make this money back before we book our next year's vacation or we're not going on a vacation. Right. So there's that little bit of pressure there. That was really what my first goals 
uh, were and what kind of motivated me to get into the world of sleep consulting. Yeah. And for a long time, you were, well, not even really for that long, but like for some time, you were juggling your full-time teaching job and trying to get this business off the ground. What did that look like logistically? Because teaching is not the type of job that you have where you can also be on your phone or be on a tablet or a computer all day working your side hustle. Right. Yeah. I did that for a full year, actually, because I launched... June 2020. And I taught until the next year. I mean, I did have off about six to seven weeks in the summer. But other than that, I taught till the next year, uh, June 2021. And yeah, it was absolutely a hustle. Like you said, I could not work on any sleep consulting during the day, just just didn't work out logistically and wouldn't really be appropriate. (laughs) Um, But so I was working nights and weekends. And there was a lot of nights and it was nights meaning after my daughter went to sleep, like, because after teaching, then I, you know, have also making dinner and spending some time with my family. And so after my daughter was asleep, I was working on my business. So oftentimes, it was like, eight until midnight, eight until 1am. And then would wake up and do it all again the next day. And I would sometimes work um, on Sundays, as well to kind of make up and do some calls with people. But it was not easy, but I was really motivated. I'm someone who values my own sleep a lot but I was willing to sacrifice it because I was really motivated to try to make this happen. Yeah. So it was, it was a legit hustle. Like you were, you were working hard and and grinding to make this work. I think some people don't realize that in order to be successful in really anything that you do, you have to sort of go big or go home, right? Yes. Yes. And I think it's, it's not that people have like bad intentions, but we, we sometimes think it's going to come easier than it is at the beginning, right? We think all we need to do is like have this nice website, you know, yeah. put a few posts out there that are nice on, on social media. And probably people will just click the link in our bio and then book us, right? Like right. that's how it's going to work. And then when you start and you're like, where are the people? <laughs> like, where are the clients? And you realize, oh, it's not going to come that easy. Like I'm going to have to hustle. But once you figure out how to do it, it's doable. It's just getting over that idea of it's not going to come easy. And it never usually does in starting up any type of business. Right. And so I think it's it takes time to build that momentum, right? So how long did it yes. take you to get actual momentum where you felt like, okay, this is a viable this is a viable option for me. I might actually be able to leave my full-time job to do this instead. Yeah, it definitely took me a little while. I mean, at the beginning, I was getting a few clients to a handful of clients per month. And really, that's all I could take on for a little while. Um, But then I was like, okay, I'm ready to kind of like level up. I have like some systems in place. And I, I wasn't really getting the amount of clients I wanted. And so I decided it was January. Um, so it's actually like one year ago from about when we were recording this, um, I decided like, I'm going to hustle so hard this month, just to see like what I'm capable of. Because I was trying at the time to like prove to myself that I could have the option of possibly quitting my job. But like, for me, it was still very much a gray area. I don't think I can. But yeah, yeah, no, I can. And so I was like, I'm going to take a month and I'm just going to like, go hard and see what I can do. 
and I freaking killed it. Now, January <laughs> is also like a great month to go hard. You know, people want to be uh, sleeping after the holidays and, and the new year, but right. New year's I, resolution. Like my kid will sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was still working full time while doing it. And I believe I, I believe my number was, I had 16 clients. Wow. Awesome. For January. And so kind of just proved, and I was like, oh, I'm so burnt out. Like I can't, couldn't do it in February. I was like, I can't, there's no way I can take on that many clients. But it proved to um, you that if you didn't have your full-time day job, that you would be able to actually devote a hundred percent of your effort towards this and actually make it work. Right. Exactly. Because it's like long-term, I didn't want to be working 40 hours during the day. And then another, basically I was still working like 20 to 30 hours, nights and weekends. That was definitely not the long-term goal, but the whole point was to prove to myself if I did put forth like so much effort and a little more time, I could absolutely generate a good income with this business. And I did prove that to myself then. So that was, I guess I'd be like six months or so later that I, from starting that I really started believing in myself that it could be more than just a side hustle. Yeah. And, and what did it feel like to resign? And what did it feel like to tell your work friends that you weren't coming back? What was yeah, that like? It was a little weird, honestly, because, and, and a lot of people feel like this within their career. And I know for sure we do as teachers that it's like part of our identity, right? Like I've always kind of going to be a teacher and I thought I was going to be a teacher my whole life. And when I realized, I don't think I want to be a teacher my whole life. Like that was kind of hard to admit. And most of my friends are teachers. And so they also didn't quite understand it either. Like, what do you mean you're leaving to do what? Like, why? I don't, I don't get it. How can you, how can you want to do that? So it was definitely a little bit challenging from that standpoint. But once I had my mind made up, it was really exciting. Um, I like change. And so for me, it was like this big new change that was really, really exciting. I will say, when I first talked to my bosses, my administration, I first asked if I could go part time the following year. Like I was, I remember to, like, that you were you were too nervous it. to make the full commitment. Yeah. Yes, I was like, well, this way I could do like way more hours, but I still have like the security of like that job because also it was a absolutely great teaching job at a great school, and um, I felt like, oh, do I really want to give this up? And when they after a little while, they told me, like, unfortunately, we just don't have any of those positions. We'd love to keep you, but we do not have a part-time position. Um, but we can help you find another part-time position at another school. Like, we'll help you find one. And, like, I immediately, my gut instinct was, like, no. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. want to. I didn't really want to. It was just, like, it was hard to fully cut the ties um, with, with a career I was in for, for eight years. It felt like a long time. <laughs> right. And, Which I totally but, but get. Once, yeah, and, but I'm so glad I did too, because I, I don't think even with working half time, I could have put in the amount of time and effort in the business to make it as successful as today and still gotten all the extra time with my daughter, which was my original motivation for wanting to do this too. Right, right. It always goes back to that why, right? You have to think back, why did you want to get into this in the first place? And then right, and not make choices based on that original reason. Yes. Yeah. Um, your story is so amazing. I seriously could listen to you talk about it all day. It's one of my favorite sort of CPSM success stories. Uh, the real reason I actually wanted to chat with you on the podcast today, that was less about, uh, you know, 
transitioning from teaching to sleep consulting full time and more about social media because you've really yeah. used social media uh, in a way that I think is super impressive, frankly. Um, it seems to be your zone of genius and it doesn't come easily. It doesn't come easily to me and it doesn't come easily to, I think, a lot of people. So I guess my first question is like, were you always good at social media or was it really through this journey that you wrapped your head around it and really found your footing specifically on TikTok, killing it over there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I never ever wanted to be on TikTok before I had a business. <laughs> Even at the beginning of my business, I was like, that sounds horrible. No, thank you. Um, I definitely don't think I was like naturally good or already good at, at doing things on social media. To me, I looked at it as I, I like social media because I could stay connected with like old family and friends. That's what it was for me. Um, you know, I don't have a lot of family that live near me. And so it was a way for me to stay connected to them. My husband's family, a lot of them are all in Zimbabwe. And so it's like a way social media is a way for us to stay connected. And I, I kind of only looked at it like that. Like if I was posting pictures, it was to show my friends and family, like pictures of my daughter and, and things like that. I, I never really understood how it was used as a business, but I got really intrigued by that aspect right at the beginning of my business, because, um, you know, we've talked about how, uh, I was not my ideal client and neither were a lot of my friends. And when I realized that it was going to be hard for me to just like have, it was going to be hard to have clients just come to me. I had to really go find them and connect with them. And I knew that social media could be a way that I could do that. Yeah. Do you have a few tips, like maybe your top three tips that you could share with us for those that oh, yeah want to use social media to grow our businesses, but feel just really overwhelmed or just stuck, have no clue what we're doing? Yeah, absolutely. The uh, first one that's very simple, well, I guess it's easier said than done, but is to have fun with it and do a ton of experimenting and trial and error. I'm constantly experimenting in my business. I love doing it, trying out new things, but especially on social media, um, just like going for it and trying different things. So on TikTok specifically, like I've experimented with different types of hashtags, different video lengths, diff using trending sounds versus my own sound, um, um, you know, using effects, the different types of captions, then what type of topics I'm talking about. I've experimented with it all and like look to see like which perform better and built on that. Like it's ton, a ton of trial and error. My first videos on TikTok were using the maximum amount of time always. Like there were always one minute videos where I was like going on and on lengthy. And, and throughout my experiments, I learned that it's better if you do like shorter, more compact, like quick impact things, um, than try to just like talk people's ear off. So just that's like one example, just trial and error and having fun is, is my first tip for sure. Um, the second one would be staying within your niche and speaking to your ideal clients. That is way more important than hopping on a social media trend, in my opinion. Because like, so let's say that you do a, a dancing trend video, right? And with your goal of it going viral, so then you'll get more views and likes and comments and then you'll get more followers, right? But even if that video does go viral, it gets 100,000 views and you get 2000 new followers overnight. It's like, what percentage 
of those people that just saw you dancing are going to be your ideal client, right? It's going to be, so in our situation, it's going to be a mom with a baby or toddler that's struggling with sleep. Like very, like probably none, maybe one or two if you get lucky versus if you do a video that is within your niche, sharing like a valuable tip, a fact, a strategy, a success story, something like that, even if it only gets 2000 views, let's say, which is not that bad. Like, but if it gets 2000 views and you just get like three or four new followers, but the chance of those followers binging the rest of your content and eventually becoming a client is so much higher, right? So that's why I always recommend when you're creating your content, whether it's video or like a, a, an inspirational quote or something, you always want to make sure that you're kind of staying within your niche and speaking to your ideal client. I love that. That is such good advice because I think we all get hung up on social media uh, with like trying to grow our audience so quickly and and to have like a huge following. And, you know, I say this, I, I've had 5,000-ish followers on my Instagram account forever, you know, like I got there a while ago and I just mm-hmm. sort of hang out there and it doesn't seem to matter because I have an engaged audience. The people who follow my account actually know me or know of me and like my content and and they want to be there and it's not just somebody that thought my reel was funny you know not some grandpa out and who knows where that just like thought I did a funny dance I I think that that's such a such a good point I think we're all really hung up on the the numbers the metrics and and that doesn't necessarily help you to grow your business No, I mean, unless your goal is to be a content creator and have a ton of followers so that you can connect with these brands or whatever, like that's different. But my goal of my social media is to get clients, it's to make money. It's a business, these are business profiles. And so if that's what my long-term end goal is to find more people to become clients and none of the metrics really matter. Some of them can be indicators that can be helpful, right? But like, they don't really matter. What really matters is, does it help you get new eyes on your business? And do those eyes become clients? Yeah, I think that that's spot on. I always tell people, you know, when they're asking whether it's students in the course, or just people who are asking me what I'm up to, I always explain to them that the way that I use social media for my business is I just I like to use I use Facebook and Instagram. So I use them specifically the way that they were intended to be used. So when I think about Facebook, you know, the point of Facebook is to connect, it's to make social connect connections, it's a social networking platform. So I use Facebook to connect socially on a platform, so that I can make business connections. That's how I use it. Um, And, and I think if you have that mindset that you're out there not to like put a, a, an ad or a ad is the wrong word, but like a, like a banner for your business, not everything's like a banner for your business. It's, it's making those meaningful connections so that people actually want to learn more from you, slide into your DMs, ask you questions. And that's how you, that's how you build a clientele, I think. Absolutely. I agree with you totally that it's it's to make connections. The only thing I would add to that, though, where I think some people 
fall into this tricky area of what they should be, how they should be showing up on social media, what they should be posting is remembering though that you are a business, right? We're not a nonprofit account providing you with free sleep tips and free Q&A every week, right? Like that's not the goal. And so just being careful of not only being there to provide free, valuable content, also showing up and selling consistently, like showing what your offer is, making sure every one of your engaged followers should know exactly what you do, what problems you solve, how you solve them, how they could decide to start working with you. Like how does that, how do they get started? And even how much does it cost? Like I think your followers should really know that so that whenever they are ready, they already know like how to get going and their mind goes to you. And they don't, I almost like to think of it like they don't friend zone you, right? Like you don't get put into this, oh, this this person's really great for free tips, right? You need to present also as a business and you're there to to get clients, not just like be friends with a bunch of moms and provide a bunch of free stuff. I think that that's really, really great advice. I have had to really establish some very firm boundaries on my social media accounts because people do sort of slide into my DMs and they'll say like, oh, I just have a quick question for you. But then they give me like literally a four paragraph rundown of what's going on in their home. And and Mm -hmm. that's that's not a quick question. That's somebody that's in need of support, whether that be support from a friend, you know, free help from a friend or paid support from somebody like me. But yeah, I think it's really important to be very clear that that this is our business account and yeah. we are running a business. I always say to people who who do that to me, I say, this is what I do professionally. That's that's how I start, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's how I respond. Like this is what I do professionally. Here's what it would look like for me to help you. Because right. otherwise we'd be answering questions all day long in Instagram DMs and Facebook messages and wherever else we're hanging out on social media if we don't draw those really clear boundaries. Absolutely. I recommend that people have a copy pasted response that they save in their notes or they save in their Instagram like response DM responses to use. And if someone does stick out as like, oh, I think this actually could be a good potential client. I want to nurture this conversation a little more. You know, of course, always use what you think, but most people they're getting my copy and pasted thing. And especially when I started blowing up on TikTok, there was like a month or two period where I was probably getting about 10 of those a day. Like, hey, can I just ask you this quick question? Blah, blah, blah. Tell me their whole life story about how, why their kid can't sleep. What do you think I should do? And it's same thing. It's like, if I actually answered all 10 of those every day. It would take you all day. What else would I do? (laughs) Right. It would take you all day. So you have to maintain your boundaries. Yeah, I think that that's great advice. One of my favorite things that you've ever said to me, and I tell this to everybody, I use this line on the regular, it's become like one of my sort of like Jainisms, is that uh, you once told me that your business really started to thrive when you finally realized that your business didn't need to look exactly like mine. Um, Like, talk about that. And I, I tell other people that too. And I'm always like, Jane knows I say this, by the way, like this is, this is not an insult that yeah, we I, talk about I don't want my business to look like hers. Like it's not an insult at all. Um, yeah, I, I think it's two main parts uh, that I kind of went through this shift. One was, like I said, said when I 
I wanted to be getting more clients and they weren't coming to me. I was like, I feel like I'm doing the things that Jane said she did, but it's just not happening for me. Like what's wrong with me? Right. Because I thought I was, I was doing that too. And, but one of the main things too, I always thought is that after, you know, being in business for three or four or five months, I'd be getting these referrals. Like, cause I remember you talking something about like you started getting referrals and I wasn't getting any. And I kept going back to like little things that you said and comparing myself and where I was in my business to things that you said about your business. And it's like, what, how is that helpful for me and my business to keep comparing myself to you and your business. Not to mention, I never even knew the full story of your business, right? Like I'm taking like one off lines you said here and there, and I'm comparing myself to it and making myself feel inferior through that comparison. Like it wasn't helpful at all. So that was like first shift of like, one, I should just stop comparing myself to Jane. Okay, I'm not Jane. My business isn't Jane's business. It's different. Um, and then the other th- big shift I had shortly after that too, is I don't need my offers to look like Jane's offers because up until then it was like, hmm, like, well, what does Jane recommend? What does she have on her website? Oh, she's got that offer, that offer and that. Yeah, me too. Right. Like that's what my website, what it was yours, you know, with like $50 less, hundred dollars less because I had less experience. So I just felt like that made sense. And I started working with a business coach and she's specialized in money mindset and she really was asking me these questions about why why is that what my offer is and why is that what I charge and why like all these things and like my answers were all horrible to her questions like they didn't have any good sense besides that's what my mentor does right (laughs) and I was like that's stupid like that's not what I should be making business decisions off of and I feel like I was limiting myself because I like, I just wanted to be as successful as Jane. And so I was trying to do what you did. But once I stopped and I realized, um, one, that I could create different types of offers. Two, I can price my offers at whatever I want and feel like I am worth. Once I had these shifts, that's when my business started taking off. That's when I started experimenting even more classes, group coaching, creating a course and sleep guides, um, creating my own version of our two week sleep consulting package, but my own little version, um, and pricing it completely differently. As well, I started growing all this confidence in myself, and I still have the exact same amount of respect for you and your business, I'd say even more so when I've now stopped comparing myself to you in your business, and I'm doing my own thing. I will say, I've I've thought about this. I bet you the actual advice that we give is like 99.9% the same. Right. Um, Like within our, within our Facebook community, I'm always, I always agree with like everything you're saying, like that stuff is the same because I learned that from you and we read all the same, you know, books and we have the same knowledge and I a hundred percent agree, but from a business standpoint, I don't have to do it like you. And no, neither does anyone else. We can learn from you, but we don't have to be Jane. We don't have to be snooze fast. Totally agree. And frankly, I, I have seen you gain so much confidence once you decided to run your own show the way that you wanted yeah. to run it, you know, um, it's really been 
remarkable to watch. And, you know, I always, I tell people like, I'm always, on, I'm on TikTok only to follow Shannon. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't have, I don't really follow anybody else. I have like two or three other <laughs> accounts that I follow, but I just like go on TikTok to see what you're up to. And I love that you have figured out your own way. And you're a hundred percent right that my way is not the only way. And there are so many ways to be successful in this business. And I think so much of it is being in the right mindset, which I'm so yes. glad that you found yourself a coach to get yourself there because that takes a lot of work and, and we all need support in that area. You know, oh, yeah. I'm I, on my third coach. I love working with coaches. Yeah. It's <laughs> so really, valuable. Yeah, it's so valuable. And, you know, and and this actually leads me to my next point, which I was just thinking about that, like, you know, this journey is like, you're really just getting started, you know, like, this is, this is still the beginning, regardless of how far you've come so far, which is pretty impressive, by the way, you're still sort of like in the infancy, you know, like, who knows where are you going to be in two, five, 10 years from now? Um, you know, what, I guess my question is like, what are you working on? What do you have up your sleeve? Yeah, um, absolutely. So as I said, I'm always experimenting, looking to grow. And, and now I do, I do have these really big goals for my business in the future, um, especially down the line. Right now, I love that I'm only working about 20 hours a week on, on sleep consulting. And I, I have another project I'll share with you too, that I'm working on, but I love that it's still part-time for me, but like down the line, my kids are, you know, in school, I'm able to kind of boom it. And I, I mean, I absolutely want to build an empire, a million dollar business. I'm about it. Um, yeah. So what I'm working on now that has been really fun is I've started doing coaching. We are just talking about I, the value that I found in coaches. I've started coaching others in the parenting space. So it's happens to be mostly sleep consultants, but I do have a parenting coach that I'm working with as well. Um, so those in the parenting space, I have a program called a three month business accelerator. So really what it's about is I'm helping people realize that they can ditch the idea that you need to charge less than $500 to compete within our industry and help them leverage their unique offer to generate three to 5k plus months working part-time. And I help them do that with a clear and consistent social media sales strategy so that they can let go of the fear of failure that we all have and start achieving the business goals of their dreams. I love that. I'm so excited for you that you're working on this. And I, you have my support wholeheartedly. Um, I just, I think it's much needed within the field. Um, When my students complete my course, one of the questions they always ask me is how to set their pricing. And I'm always encouraging them to set their pricing on the higher end of what they think they can start with. Because, you know, if we don't value our own services and our own businesses, it's really hard to convince others to value us, you know, and absolutely. And, and, you know, the fact that you are providing these coaches with accountability is I'm sure a lot of what you're doing and Mm -hmm. support, right. That's, that's what we do as sleep consultants is we, we provide our clients with accountability and support. And, and we as coaches, I think need that from somebody else, you know? Um, Absolutely. It's, it's interesting that we expect our clients to pay us 
for us to support them and for us to hold them accountable. And yet we hesitate to get that support from others, right? Um, right. I think a lot of time, like uh, we as business people, we feel like failures if we need to hire a coach, which should not be the case. That should not be the mentality at all. Just like a parent yeah. is not a failure for seeking support through sleep training, we business people are not failures for seeking support through growing our businesses, right? We shouldn't have Absolutely. to do it alone. And, and the fact that you are out there supporting uh, these, I'll say ladies, it's probably ladies, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I think, I think that that's much needed. And, and it doesn't mean that those who hire you aren't capable. It doesn't mean that they can't right. do it on their own. It, it just means that they're taking ownership of their own businesses and saying, you know what, I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to get the help and the support that I need to get what to whatever next level in my business. And I, I think that that's amazing. Absolutely. Thanks so, so much for the support in that. It's been really exciting, um, especially because I wasn't sure if I was able, would be able to share what like success I had, if it would also help others. Do you know what I mean? Like if the way that I got through those Right. Because the way that you do things is different than the way I do things. And the right. way that someone hires you is going to be different. You know, maybe the person hiring you doesn't do things the way you do things. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So when I first, so now I've finished uh, the three month cycle with one person and another person is finishing up and and so now I'm starting with new people, but now that I've had those two be like so successful and really find the value in it and also get the return on investment too, right? That's another thing like, you know, you're promising that you're going to see your return on investment if you put in the work. Um, and now that it has happened, it has also grown my confidence in this, right? Just like with sleep consulting at the beginning, none of us are are confident in 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 what we're doing, but the more that you do it. And the more successes you see, you become really confident. So now I'm in that position with this business of the, the business coaching that I'm starting to see the results now of my um, business coaching. And that has been super exciting for me. That is really exciting. Um, before we wrap up, tell everyone where they can find you on social media. Uh, yeah, yeah, like give us a rundown. Absolutely. I'd love to connect with everyone on TikTok and Instagram um, at nights underscore and nap. Uh, you also can check out my website, nightsandnaps.com. And definitely I invite everyone to join my Facebook group. It is a, a business accelerator group where I provide business and social media tips and motivation. So definitely join me in that Facebook group and we can connect more. And I'd love to share more with you about what I've learned in growing my own business and helping others to do the same. Awesome. Shannon, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I thank you. Loved, this is fun. I've, yeah, I've loved watching you grow your business. And I just can't wait to see all the amazing things that you do. And I will be cheering you on every step of the way. So thank you for chatting with me today. And I will see you, uh, you know, everywhere that I see you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks so much, Jane. Thanks for always having my back and the continued support. Means every so day. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review, and subscribe. When you rate, 
review, and subscribe. This helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I am so grateful for your support. If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much, and I hope you will tune in for the next episode.